Good morning, everyone. This is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. Coming to you this morning from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. A little more snow this morning. Uh, it was great yesterday. We got up to 50 degrees after being minus 12 over the weekend, but uh, we're back down to cold again. It's 11 degrees out there and snowing. Not sure how it can snow when it's 11 degrees, but it snowed when it was minus 12. But I guess when you are spraying things in the air, maybe you can do anything you want. But uh, anyway, thanks so much for joining us today, Friday, January the 19th, 2024. It's not snowing here in the studio. It's nice and toasty warm, and I'm really excited about uh, the guest we have to close out our week. Alex Newman will be joining us here in just a moment, and uh, can't wait to get his take on uh, the World Economic Forum meeting that just happened in Davos and uh, all things uh, New World Order and stuff that's going on. Uh, always very informative uh, to hear his report. Uh, before we get to that, though, as I mentioned, we've had a, a great week. We're wrapping it up with Alex, but we started out on Monday with Dr. Randall Price, Where is the Ark of the Covenant? We had our resident technologist, Shane, on on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, of course, was World Events Update with Randy. And yesterday, we had Pete Garcia on uh, talking about... Uh, uh, political, international, and prophetic hotspots. That was a powerful discussion. Uh, already getting a lot of feedback on that. We spent a great deal of time, hadn't planned on it, but spent a great deal of time at the beginning talking about Donald Trump and kind of uh, the pros, the cons, where that's headed, what, uh, how this election cycle uh, may turn out, and just really a, a great discussion. I have a feeling we might end up uh, touching on Trump a little bit in our discussion today. But before we bring on uh, Alex, let me mention a verse of Scripture. Today's uh, the 19th, so I was in Proverbs 19 this morning, and uh, verse 3 uh, really jumped off the page at me. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. And really to understand, I think, what this proverb is getting at, you have to understand two key words. The word foolishness there, it's often translated folly in Proverbs, and it means to take action without thinking things through or to chatter thoughtlessly. It's used 25 times in the Hebrew Old Testament. So again, the foolishness of man twists his way, the folly of man, when, when, when man takes action without thinking things through or jumps into things. Um, that's not good. It twists his way. And that's the other word I, I looked up, which is to lead astray or to misrepresent or pervert. Often it's translated pervert in the Old Testament, or to cause the downfall of. So when we rush to action without thinking things through or chatter nervously about things, it takes our mind off the Lord because it goes on to say his heart frets against the Lord. And instead of uh, giving us peace and confidence and a clear path, it causes us to lose our way. So I hope today and every day that you've got your mind fixed on the Lord, you're thinking on things above, you're staying in the Word of God, uh, you are not allowing all of the chaos and uncertainty of the world uh, to cause you to fret and lead you astray. I was listening to Alex's uh, latest uh, Sentinel report, and he started out by saying, quote, the stuff we, that he was talking about on his program was, quote, not to alarm you, not to scare you, not to terrorize you, but to inform you. And I love that because that's our heartbeat as well. We want to give you information so that you can, as Proverbs 22, 3 says, see the trouble that's coming and prepare for it. So with that, uh, Alex, Alex Newman, uh, uh, sentinelreport.com, I believe. Is that right? Sentinel Report, no, Liberty um, Sentinel, sorry, LibertySentinel.org, my fault. I, I had it written down, but I accidentally deleted it. LibertySentinel.org, I was there this morning just catching up on some of his latest reports. Uh, he's an award-winning uh, journalist, a hard-hitting investigative uh, journalist, uh, works internationally, and of course the founder of Liberty Sentinel. If you don't subscribe, you need to get over there to Liberty Sentinel. Sentinel. Uh, it's Liberty Sentinel, S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L dot org. Alex, welcome to the program. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me, JB. All right. So the World Economic Forum, uh, I guess, when did it end? Uh, Thursday or Wednesday? 
Uh, yeah, just earlier this week, I believe yesterday um, okay. was the the final day. And uh, it, the main takeaway, and, and they weren't shy about talking about this, was uh, their understanding of the main threat to the world, and that is our ability to speak freely and communicate freely. Uh, they actually said the number one threat to the planet was um, not war, not Satan, not nuclear weapons or terrorism or pandemics. It was actually misinformation and disinformation, which uh, when you understand their perspective on things misinformation or disinformation is anything that contradicts their narrative whether that be on climate change or covid-19 or globalism or education or any other issue and so they they talk about rebuilding trust um, and of course, that would be a good thing, right? Uh, but the way to rebuild trust would be to hold all of the liars accountable, right? Everybody who said safe and effective, uh, knowing that it was not, and we've got the documents showing that a lot of these people knew it was not safe or effective, they ought to be in jail. That's called mm-hmm. fraud. Uh, so thankfully, Attorney General Ken Paxson in Texas is working on that. That's how you rebuild trust in the system, not by uh, silencing your critics and the people who uh, who point out that you've been lying to us all this time. Uh, and there was a lot of other threads. Right? They talked about artificial intelligence. Um, they talked about the dangers of X, uh, or, or formerly known as Twitter. Um, a lot of talk about uh, this new disease X, which uh, somehow they know is going to be 20 times more deadly than COVID-19. I, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, tr- truly incredible. Um, and, and I got the sense, JB, from from what I watched that they understand that people around the world are fed up with this stuff. Um, and you could almost like hear them in their talks with each other, just like pleading, like, what are we going to do? They're so mad at us, you know, uh, and, and good. They, they ought to be a little bit concerned about people because, frankly, um, I think most of humanity has had enough of this stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it's so classic of, uh, you know, those that are either witting or unwitting pawns in the ultimate Luciferian conspiracy that, that Satan is orchestrating to try to take over the world, that they will turn truth and righteousness on its head. You know, the, what they call truth is a lie. What they call right is wrong. Uh, Proverbs 17, uh, 15 says, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. And, you know, you, you look at what these folks are doing, you rattle off a few of the uh, the issues, the, the usual boogeymen that they love to put forth in their effort to cause fear. But, you know, everywhere you turn, you've got these upside down uh, principles. I was just looking at an article uh, yesterday about uh, the new CEO at United Airlines, who's a drag queen and pushing drag on, on the employees and so forth. So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's it's topsy-turvy for sure. And we've come a long way uh, since the early days of the church when the, the early apostles and disciples were turning the world upside down for Christ. It seems like these days things are getting worse and worse. But you mentioned uh, rebuilding trust. That was the theme of this year's uh, conference. And um, is that really code language for... Uh, as you said, taking away our our ability to speak truth. Uh, there's no question about it, and, and it's almost not even code anymore. They're almost just coming out in the open and saying it. Um, you know, and they're pursuing multiple different avenues, and it's not just the World Economic Forum. Uh, the United Nations and its various agencies have been pursuing this quite openly for, uh, especially the last year. But uh, even before that, they were openly gunning for free speech. And and I think there are, there are several things that people need to understand about this, especially from the biblical perspective. Ultimately, right, and, and this may not be apparent to everybody yet, but ultimately, this is an effort to criminalize the gospel. This mm-hmm. is an effort to make it illegal to share the truth of Jesus Christ, to proclaim him as king, uh, to proclaim his transforming power. And, and if you actually pay close attention to what's going on, you'll see that, right? Um, you, you see uh, jurisdictions all across the United States of America, and this has happened in Western Europe as well, uh, making it a crime to participate in what they call conversion therapy. Now, they want you to think of some terrible person torturing a you know, poor homosexual out of being a homosexual. But the reality is when you actually read what they're talking about, they're saying it is illegal for you to tell somebody that your life can be transformed, that Jesus Christ can can replace your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, that your former sinful desires can be left behind and that God can give you new desires. He can make you a new creation. Uh, They want to make that a criminal offense. Uh, And if you look at the text of the legislation that they have been proposing, Washington State had had a bill that actually specifically targeted pastors on this question. It wasn't just for psychologists and psychiatrists. 
if you as a pastor were to refuse to affirm somebody or were to try to explain to them what God's word says about homosexuality and encourage them uh, to, to maybe suppress those sinful desires and, and pursue righteous desires, you could be made a criminal. You, you could actually be held liable in a court of law uh, financially for for damages. So uh, this is where this is ultimately all going. Now, you know, on the surface, they don't want you questioning their public health policies. They don't want you questioning uh, the so-called education that they're providing to your children. They don't want you questioning uh, the, the narrative that the gas we exhale is a dangerous toxic pollution and that if we pay taxes to the United Nations, somehow the temperature of the planet's going to be perfect. I mean, this stuff is so asinine. You, you you can't even believe that they're seriously proposing this, JB. But this is what they're saying, right? We need to stop free speech for these reasons. But if you look just beneath the, the surface here, ultimately, this is an effort to criminalize the Bible and the preaching of God's word. Um, and, and I can actually prove that because this is what's happening. Uh, Sweden is always... Um, a few steps ahead of, say, California, right, the land of fruits and nuts. Um, and, and I know because I spent many years living in Sweden. Um, I, I married a Swede, and you know I love the Swedes. They're they're beautiful, wonderful, very kind people. At one time, they were the the largest missionary sending uh, nation in the world per capita. But um, you know, unfortunately, they have turned their back on God. And so, in 2008, the Swedish Justice Ombudsman did an investigation into the Bible. Uh, there was a formal complaint filed against the Bible. Uh, the allegation was that it was a violation of Swedish speech laws, uh, hate speech laws in particular, because it it had some negative things to say about the practice of homosexuality. And so the Justice Ombudsman investigates, and I, I actually got the report. They posted it online. I couldn't believe it uh, in Swedish, of course. And they said that, no, but it's, it's right. The Bible is actually a violation of our hate speech laws. And they did, they did conclude that, you know, it's not practical at the moment to ban the Bible, right? We're, we're not quite there yet. But the ombudsman said, uh, you know, we, we could get around this pretty simply. We could just change some of the words in the Bible and then we wouldn't have this problem anymore. So, folks, that's the direction that they're heading. Uh, you know, Satan comes disguised as an angel of light, right? He, he doesn't show up and say, hey, I want to kill uh, murder, steal, enslave, and destroy. He comes and says, hey, I want to promote love and tolerance, and uh, I, I want you to be happy, and I want to make sure everybody's healthy, right? So, so we need to recognize that they're not going to come out and tell you, we want to make you a slave. We want to kill your children. We want your children to chop off their private parts, and we want to make it a crime for you to preach the good news of Christ. Um, but that's where this is ultimately heading. And as you see all this silly stuff going on in Davos, as you see all these proposals out of the United Nations, UNESCO just had a, a new one a couple months ago, that all the social media platforms in the world have to implement these speech controls where things will be first demonetized and then hidden by the algorithms and then ultimately removed and even criminalized. All of it is ultimately aimed at the most important truths um, and so we as Christians need to be prepared for that. And uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we need to be prepared as in uh, Daniel chapter three to say, uh, you know, we, we, we will honor you, King. And we don't actually have any any obligation to respond to you in this, but look, we're, we're not going to uh, stop preaching the gospel. We're not going to bow down to your goofy gods. We're not going to bow down to your silly statue and worship it. Um, and if you throw us in the fiery furnace, you know what? Our God can protect us. Uh, he will protect us, right? In our case, he may not. But uh, in any case, we are not going to be uh, uh, obeying these wicked illegal decrees. We have an obligation to preach the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but those times may be coming sooner than most of us would like to admit, um, even here in the United States of America. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's of course for two thousand years, it's it's already come for a lot of believers. Right. Uh, we've just been very spoiled here in this great country where you know God's fingerprints are, are all over it. Uh, of course, you know we know Satan's fingerprints are as well. We see that more and more uh, every day. Um, and you know we'll come back to fear as a weapon in just a moment. But you know again, all of this is not to invoke fear. Fear is not of the Lord. But first, I want to go back to this this ultimate goal that Satan has of destroying the gospel because the gospel is man's only remedy uh, for his sin problem. But from a human perspective, you know I can almost understand if you are so warped in your mind as an unbeliever uh, to think that you know right is wrong and wrong is right how you might want to outlaw, you know, for example, the, the, you know, speech that comes against homosexuality or that. I mean, if, you, if that's your worldview, it's, it's somewhat logical, although wrong, uh, to think, oh, we've got to stop them from talking about this. But the, go the gospel is good news. It is nothing more than an exciting, awesome, 
wonderful solution. It doesn't impose on anybody. It simply says, Jesus Christ paid your sin penalty, and he offers to you freely the gift of eternal life. It is free. It's absolutely free, not by works. If, it, if it's not free, it's not grace, but the Bible says. If it's not grace, it's not free. So there's really, there's no... It's not like it's a contract where you're signing a contract with God and we're, you know, pressuring people to sign on the dotted line and give up, you know, all of this stuff and promise to do this and pledge to do this and, and make a commitment to that. We're just saying you're a sinner who needs a Savior. Jesus, you know, paid your sin debt. And if you'll trust in him, which 160 or more times, I'm up to 182 now that I found in the New Testament, the Bible conditions eternal life simply upon faith alone in Christ alone. If you do that, you're saved. And then as you said, instantly you're reborn, as Jesus told Nicodemus. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. You have a new nature. All of that is true. But on the front end, it's all, you know, it's crazy to me that they would be so, you know, a human being would be so opposed to it because it's essentially like they're, you know, people are drowning and we're saying, here's a life preserver. What's wrong with that? I mean, I, I just don't get it, but it just shows us that, you know, Satan's uh, plan ultimately, whether these people realize it or not, is to defeat God. He hates Christians. He hates humanity in general, but he hates Christians especially. And he's uh, he's trying to outlaw anything that might point people to Christ. But let's go back to fear. Uh, they love to weaponize fear, don't they? They do. Uh, in fact, that's one of their specialties. They they do it all day, every day. And, uh, and and I think there are a number of reasons why. And and I think even before we get into the discussion of how the enemy uses fear, we need to understand God's attitude to fear. You know, it's, it's almost a cliche now. God says 365 times, fear not. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's even more intense than that, right? It's not just like a, a kind suggestion for your own benefit. Um, I, I, I preached a whole lesson on this uh, out of Numbers 13 and 14. God takes fear among his people really, really, really seriously. In fact, so seriously, he almost destroyed his people after taking them out of slavery in Egypt because they were so fearful. So, you know, the spies had gone in and they had spied out the land and they came back with this report that there were giants and, you know, we're, we're just like grasshoppers. And, um, and uh, you know, a, a couple of them were brave, right? You know, Joshua and Caleb, we, we know the story. Uh, but a lot of them like, oh, whoa, no, we don't want to go in there. I mean, they're giants, you know? Uh, and, and so God gets so upset to the point where uh, he, he is about to destroy these people. And Moses intervenes and, and prays and, you know, God, God ultimately decides he's not going to destroy these people. But I think it's partly for for his own name's sake, right? Uh, Moses says, like, hey, you don't want the Egyptians to say, like, you know, God took his people out of Egypt and then just destroyed them in the desert. Uh, but that's how seriously God takes it. Now, why does God take it so seriously? Uh, because it it shows a lack of faith. It, it displays hostility to God. Now, God has done all these great things for you, right? If you are a saved person, you're a transformed person. You have been reborn through the power of Christ. You, you have seen a miracle. You've seen a, a dead person came to life. Uh, and, and then for you to say, oh, no, but now I'm scared, right? Now now the enemy is looking really scary. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to be hungry or may, maybe the power is going to go. You know, for, for you to be scared of those things shows that you are really not putting your trust in God. That that shows that you have your trust in something else, right? If you're scared that your, your money is going to disappear, well, you're worshiping mammon, right? You're, you're then placing your faith and your trust and your hope in your money, right? Your security is in your money rather than where it needs to be, which is in God. So I, I think to start off any conversation fear, we need to recognize that this is something that God actually hates, mm. uh, is fear among his people. We know the Lord didn't send us a spirit of fear. And, you know, to, to continue on the subject of the gospel, over and over again throughout the New Testament, it talks about the, the, the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom. And, um, you know, for us, that's good news, right? God's kingdom is going to crush Satan's kingdom, and he's going to crush all of these evil things that we associate with Satan's kingdom. And so for Satan and for his minions, you can imagine that's a terrifying prospect. I don't want to hear about that, right? I, I think I'm going to rule and reign here. Um, and so that is a terrifying prospect for uh, Satan and for his minions. Uh, they ultimately ought to be the ones who are quaking in their boots because the, their end is near. Um, and, and, and this applies even to these World Economic Forum uh, Davos doofuses. Um, you know, this is not going to last indefinitely. A, a lot of these people truly believe that they're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. That some of them think they're going to merge with technology. They're going to be as gods, is what uh, this goofball uh, Yuval Noah Harari says. 
uh, they think they're going to have eternal life. I mean, th this stuff is absolute foolishness. And so when a Christian comes and says, no, 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 that's actually a lie from the pit of hell. That's exactly what the serpent said to Adam and Eve. Uh, your your fake uh, kingdom is not going to last forever. In fact, it's going to be destroyed. In fact, God is up in heaven right now laughing and ridiculing you. Um, and, and he's going to speak to you in his wrath here very soon. Uh, you know, that is a very uncomfortable message if you are in bondage to Satan and in bondage to sin. Um, and, and it's especially uncomfortable when you see other people being rescued out of that bondage, right? You, you, you see people who were dead in their trespasses. You see people who were slaves to sin, who were serving their father, the devil, then coming to life in, in Christ and, and becoming a new creation. It's like, no, where are you going, right? Come back to the kid. And so you don't want Christians out there on Facebook, you know, sharing the good news. You don't want Christians out there sending uh, gospel tracts to people by email. So from their perspective, they ought to be terrified. Now, Satan uses fear as a tool to manipulate and control people. Fear mm. and ignorance are some of the most important tools that he uses uh, to manipulate people who are under his spell. And and for me, the, the worst thing is when Christians fall victim to that as well. So I, I think as Christians, we need to make a conscious, deliberate decision. I'm not going to be afraid, right? Who Who is my God? Who is my king? Uh, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. How can you possibly be afraid of what man or or Satan can do to you? So I, I think that really should be the proper attitude. But if you look, I mean, all you have to do is turn on the TV. It is 24-7 be afraid of climate change. Be afraid of, uh, you know, the stock market going down. Be afraid of uh, tornadoes or hurricanes. It's just constant fear propaganda. And so I, I urge Christians, just, just turn off the fear porn. It's psychological terrorism. It is not godly. And focus on the word. Focus, and I don't mean be uninformed, right? I don't mean just right, right. You know, totally tune out the world. Uh, we ought to be paying attention to what's going on out there. But don't fall victim to this silly, uh, hysterical fear mongering. Yeah, so fear is absolutely his mo, and uh, you know he, he, it just shows that the whole world is, in fact, under the sway of the wicked one, as as John tells us. Uh, it just still those it, it it's really evidence that these um, human you know leaders of of the one world system, the globalists, um, you know they don't realize that they're just pawns in the game. A lot of them, because logically it makes no sense. What harm does it do for us to? you know, share the gospel. But as you just described, from a spiritual perspective and the cosmic battle, the, the great conspiracy that the Bible talks about, you you alluded to Psalm 2 there. Uh, there's no question that there is uh, an effort uh, being led by Satan himself ever since his uh, coup attempt in heaven failed to conspire with his fallen angels as well as human co-conspirators to try to take over this world. It really is a spiritual battle at the top levels, I believe, and this is what I've uh, researched and written about, that, you know, there are people that fully understand that and actually pray and communicate to Satan the way you and I pray to Almighty God. But the vast majority of the pawns in the game, uh, you know, are not aware necessarily that it's a spiritual battle, uh, but they're deceived, they're, they're blinded, and uh, so they just don't have a clear uh, picture of what all's uh, what all's going on. And and so, you know, to, to kind of close the loop on this fear thing, one thing I'd love to get your uh, comment on, and you've sort of touched on it, but I, I just want to be very clear for our listeners fear is is never of the Lord, obviously, but there seems to be two extremes when it comes to uh, preparing and, and being informed, as we've talked about. You've got the one camp that says anything you do to prepare is somehow evidencing a lack of faith, and then you've got the other camp that says, nope, I don't need to do anything. God's going to take care of me, you know, que sera, sera. And, you know, I've tried to describe in my books how either extreme really is unbiblical. It seems like you know, faith and preparedness are absolutely not mutually exclusive. Proverbs says the horse is prepared for the day of battle and, you know, deliverances from the Lord. So uh, talk to us a little bit, you know, about um, why believers should be preparing and to do so is not an evidence of fear. It's just wisdom. Yeah. And, and in fact, the Bible teaches clearly that we ought to take prudent and sensible precautions when we see danger. If you go to Proverbs 22 in verse 3, depending on what translation you use, it says, it says the, the prudent man or the prudent person sees danger and takes precautions or takes refuge or, or takes cover. 
Um, and, and, you know, this is very obvious when you see, uh, and, and there are many examples of God's people throughout the scripture making prudent precautions when they see storm clouds gathering. Uh, obviously, Joseph uh, having Egypt prepare for the coming famine uh, is a good example of that, right? And so for Christians, we don't prepare out of a sense of fear. We don't prepare out of a sense of panic. That would be ungodly. That would be where, that would mean we're trusting in something other than our true provider uh, to sustain us. But uh, we do have an obligation, and the scripture teaches this clearly, to uh, take care of our families. In fact, if we don't take care of those of our own household, the Bible says we're worse than an infidel. We're worse than an unbeliever. And so you've got children, you've got a wife, uh, you see the economic storm clouds gathering, you see that they're waging war on farmers, you see that they're, they're right now deliberately concocting an energy crisis, a food crisis, a currency crisis, a, a, an immigration crisis. You see that they're doing all these things. To, to say, uh, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything about it. It reminds me of a joke, and it's not necessarily a, a, a biblical joke. It's not, it doesn't come from the text of Scripture. But you've got this guy, and uh, the, his town is flooded, and he climbs up to the roof, and he prays, you know, God, uh, really, it would be nice if you would uh, save me out of this situation. And a boat shows up, and... Uh, he said, "Hey, man, get in the boat, right? Uh, you know, this is a dangerous situation." Guys, no, no, don't worry. I got, I, I prayed, and uh, you know what? I know God's going to get me out of this. So uh, the boat goes, and then the next guy comes up with a helicopter. Hey, man, you know the, the water's rising. You, you got to jump on the ladder and come on, let's go. And he said, no, no, don't worry about it. I, I prayed. God's got this under control. Uh, finally, the water rises, and the guy drowns. He dies, and uh, he gets to heaven. He says, "You God, I prayed that you would rescue me." And, and you know, I died. What? Why'd you do that? And, and God says to him, "Man, I sent you a boat and and a helicopter. Like, what more did you need?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so when 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 God shows you that things are moving in a negative direction, again, just go to Proverbs twenty two, and you'll see that the prudent man sees the danger and takes precaution. It's also going to be, I believe, an extraordinary ministry opportunity, right? Mm. Um, when, when your neighbors are are in a panic and, the, you know, maybe the grocery... And, and you know, he, living here in Florida, it happens to us pretty regularly, right? I, I've only been here a few years and we've already been smacked by several hurricanes. We lost power for, for two weeks one time. And, you know, all, all these goofballs that, that live on, uh, in, on this little island where I stay, you know, they've got like three days worth of food. And when the grocery store doesn't have, it's like, oh, no, we don't have groceries. Well, um, you know, fortunately, we have a little bit extra. And, uh, you know, if, if you need a little bit of gasoline for your generator or, you know, whatever, uh, we can help out. And that's a, a wonderful ministry opportunity there. You know what? Uh, I'm more than happy to share what God has provided with me because uh, I, I want this to be a reflection of God's love for you. And, and, and so this is a perfect opportunity as times get tough for Christians who, who saw what was coming, took some prudent precautions. It's a great ministry opportunity for you because people will be very willing to listen when maybe they're hungry. Or, or they're very uh, scared about what's going on around, and they see that you are calm, you are well-prepared. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. There's these two really dangerous extremes. We don't want to get into a panic and, you know, go empty out the 401k and buy, uh, you know, prep food or whatever. Uh, but it, on the other end, we don't want to just be naive and foolish and just completely ignore what's going on around us and, uh, you know, just tempt God, like, you know, I, I dare you to to let me starve, right? I mean, that's that's silliness, so. No, it really is. And and you might want to empty out your 401k if it's tied to the market, because you never know what's right. going to happen there. Maybe invest in something a little more, uh, 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 you know, some type of tangible, uh, touchable commodity. But anyway, I'm not yep. a financial advisor. Good point. I, I Good know point. you aren't either. But uh, uh, all right, let's talk about, uh, you know, in our, in our final time here, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But uh, I want to talk about the timetable. I think I'm, I'm going to be speaking in uh, Orlando at the Prophecy Summit. I think you're going to be there too. One of my two messages is called the New World Order Timetable 2025 and the Blueprint for Global Tyranny. Uh, you mentioned earlier that these Davos types, uh, the globalists, are just feel like they're so close they can taste it. They're just eager. They're full speed ahead. They're doing everything they can. I really believe Schwab himself uh, you know, who's not a young man, uh, wants desperately to see the culmination of their one world plan uh, you know, that you've talked about, you know, and written about for years, you know, it goes all the way back to components like the Trilateral Commission, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, and even way before that, uh, goes back to the turn of the 20th century with some of the things that were established in America. But you know, they they want uh, this to happen. And in their own words, in their own writings, this is a key decade. And so, again, I always want to give the caveat, 
It doesn't mean they're going to succeed. God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. God, you know, when God's ready to move into the final phase of his plan of the ages, the end times, as we call it, uh, then that's when it's going to happen. But it certainly behooves us to be aware of and, and, and conscious of the enemy's uh, blueprint. And so, uh, we don't have time to go into all of the evidence and all of the documentation. I have a chapter on it in, in uh, one of my books about the timetable, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. But I'm curious how, since we know that they want to bring down America, they've been working hard to destroy this great country, uh, and it seems like you know we're on the cusp in a variety of ways, how do you see the, the 2024 election playing into that. And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you're an educated, uh, uh, researched guy. And so I'd love your educated opinion on maybe, you know, what are some scenarios that you could see happening with this, uh, you know, coming election? It's a very good question, JB. And uh, you know, to start off with, I, I think the whole world, but especially the United States, is going to be faced with a series of escalating and increasingly extreme crises, uh, probably starting this year, um, that in some cases may make what we just lived through with this COVID thing uh, seem relatively minor by comparison. In fact, Klaus Schwab himself uh, used almost that exact phraseology. He talked about a coming cyber pandemic that makes the COVID crisis seem like a minor disturbance by comparison. So, uh, you know, they, they've been planning these different scenarios, a cyber warfare, knock down the power grid, knock down communications. Uh, you combine that with other crises that I think are already, to some extent, baked into the cake. Um, they've been waging war on agriculture now for numerous years. And this is a story I've been covering in various media for over a decade. They've been waging war on farmers in South Africa and Brazil and China. So uh, I, I do believe the world is going to see a lot of food shortages. And in fact, the World Economic Forum has uh, started talking about publicly this idea of a poly crisis, where you have all these crises that become essentially a giant poly crisis, where all the crises fuse into this one mega crisis. And so the 2024 election, I believe, is going to be a pivotal moment uh, in the history, not just of the United States, but the history of the world. Uh, I yeah. don't know how it's going to play out, but what I uh, foresee here, it, no matter which way it goes, the the level of angst and civil unrest is going to be unlike uh, probably anything we've ever seen, maybe since the Civil War. Um, you've got one side has already dug their heels in and said, under no circumstances will we tolerate Donald Trump as president. Uh, he's a dictator. He's a monster. He's a, you know he's a Nazi. He's literally Hitler. Uh, we've heard from I don't know how many uh, talking heads on television. Literally Hitler, right? Um, and and so you've got one side that actually believes that, and they believe that anything is justified to stop it, including framing him as a Russian agent, including spying on him, including planting evidence, including filing phony criminal charges, including burning down cities. Uh, and they prepared for this in 2020. Uh, uh, John Podesta, uh, funded by George Soros, the Transition Integrity Project, they came up with these four likely scenarios. And then how do they steer the events to go the way they want? Uh, and then on the other side, you've got... You know, at least tens of millions of Trump supporters who've said, look, we're not going to let you steal another election. If it means we need to march down to the Congress again, despite your phony January 6th, you know, fake insurrection, um, you know, you better watch out because we're not allowing you to steal that election. I mean, people are mad. If you go to these, you know, Republican meetings, you go to you know, Tea Party meetings, people are, are just sick of it. And they see now that that really the, the future of our country, the future of our Constitution is hanging by a thread. And they see, rightly or wrongly, Donald Trump as like the last hope to to stop this slide into the abyss, if you will. So we've got these two sides that are just there's no common ground between them. And no matter what, happens, you know, say Donald Trump wins the election. Well, one of the scenarios they had in the Transition Integrity Project was you get a bunch of the Western states start declaring independence. They say they're going to secede from the union unless we make fundamental changes to the Constitution. You, you set the cities on fire. You get the Black Lives Matter, the, the Pantifa ragamuffins out there and start burning down uh, cities and shooting cops. And so, you know, I, I suspect uh, and, and there is, I should add as well, JB, uh, a very deliberate agenda. And I've been talking about this for years to turn Americans against each yes. other in the form of a civil war. Uh, and that's not speculation. Uh, a lot of them are just openly doing it now. Uh, there are paid agents. And, and, and I've talked to people on this 
there were paid agents going into the black community telling them that you know evil white supremacy and, and white privilege is preparing to uh, you know put you in concentration camps. You need to arm up and prepare for a race war. Uh, and there are morons uh, on the, who are white who are pushing the same silly narrative that you know the black people are going to rise up and they're going to come kill your family. So they're they're trying to stir up any kind of conflict they can. They're telling women that their husbands are oppressing them. Uh, they're they're telling uh, people that the Jews are oppressing. Right, all these different scenarios to turn them. Americans against each other, They're telling people that you know that your your neighbor with the Biden bumper sticker, uh, you know, he's your enemy, and you you got it. He's the reason your country is being destroyed. Anything they can do to keep us divided, mm. fighting amongst each other, and I believe there's a real prospect that we could see violence here because, as Rich Higgins, uh, the director of policy and planning in Donald Trump's National Security Council, explained in in a very important memo, we now have. A global co. He talks about the deep state, that this you know entity that recognizes no rule of law, sees itself almost as God bestriding the earth. Uh, they've got this coalition of globalists, Islamists, uh, Marxist, communist, socialists, the LGBT uh, rainbow mafia, all united. Not necessarily on every point of ideology and everything, but all united for this cause of destroying the United States of America. He says not just as a nation, but even as an ideal. So I suspect, um, and you know, and I don't say this to scare people, right? I, I, this is not intended to be fear mongering, but I expect that we are going to see some difficult times, especially in the United States in the year 2024. I don't believe that they're allowing uh, probably 10 million people by now across the southern border. Many of them we know uh, has been exposed in congressional hearings. They're they're special operators for the People's Liberation of China. Uh, they're jihadists on terror watches. They're coming across the border with you know blueprints for our sewage treatment facilities, our, our water treatment facilities, critical infrastructure. Uh, they're not doing this for no reason, right? They're doing it for the strategic purpose of knocking out America, the country that has sent more missionaries to more places in the world to carry the gospel, to carry the word of God, uh, than in an any other nation in all of human history. So uh, I suspect, uh, you know, to, to kind of summarize, I suspect that 2024 and uh, the 2024 election, is, assuming it happens, is going to be a pivotal moment. And, um, you know, we need to be in prayer about this. We need to be in the word of God about this. We need to be having these conversations in our churches uh, mm -hmm. with our pastors, with, with the elders in our churches. We need to you know make friends with our neighbors so that this kind of madness doesn't, you know, come into our neighborhoods. We, the last thing you want is, you know, people on your block thinking, well, he's a Trump supporter or he's a Biden supporter. We need to get him, you know, have a chili cookout, right? Bring all your neighbors together and uh, form a, a little community. Because I, again, I do think times will get tough. Uh, we as Christians don't want to get sucked into the, the world or, or Satan's trickery. And one way to do that is to be aware of what's coming and to take prudent precautions. Yeah, I mean, and and right on cue, they're they're marching out all the talking heads on, on TV, all the pro progressives, especially to say, oh, how scared they are of Trump if he were to win. You know, I saw Kamala Harris on one of the shows recently, a, a clip of her, and I think there was someone else recently. So they're just fomenting that fear to the to that side. Uh, so uh, do, do you think? Is it is it most likely in your estimation going to be a Trump v Biden uh, election or could that change? Um, I, I think there's a real chance they'll try to shuffle Biden off um, off the platform here. Um, and, and you know, I, I've heard uh, very in, I, I've spoken with very intelligent uh, people in the political process who know these kinds of things who've suggested that maybe they, they'd float Michelle Obama or maybe uh, Gavin Newsom. Um, I also don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they could just try to cancel the election entirely. I mean, if they see that there, there's no possible way to steal this election by uh, because the margin is going to be so huge for Donald Trump, uh, we may have disease X that they've been talking about all week in Davos, 20 times more deadly than COVID. Uh, that may make an appearance. Um, yeah. And so uh, but you know, I, I don't know whether it'll be Trump be Biden. I, I believe if we were to have a legitimate election, Donald Trump would win it in a landslide. Uh, I mean, there's nobody that's even close to him, right? Even the establishment media's fake polls cannot uh, polish this to make it look good. Donald Trump beats everybody in a massive landslide. And um, so, you know, will they let Donald Trump just walk right into the White House and start holding people accountable for uh, the crimes that were, even the crimes that were perpetrated against him, the, you know, what they did to General Flynn, what they did to Roger Stone, what they did to the January Sixers, what they did to uh, Steve Bannon. I mean, you know, Trump's whole inner circle basically has been targeted by these evildoers. And the idea that these evildoers are just going to say, oh, yeah, why don't you just walk right into the White House and, uh, you know, throw all of us in jail? It, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. So uh, be prepared for some chaos. Yeah. Two comments there. One, the key 
is what you said if we have a legitimate elections and i've documented and i know you you've studied this as well we we absolutely do not right. um and 2020 even you know their undoing there was that it was such an obvious you know steal that people finally woke up to the fact that all elections are rigged it was rigged in 2016 um but the problem this year i see for them is that as you said Biden is so disliked and Trump is so well-liked by the general populace that in a conventional election, there's absolutely no way they could convince the public uh, with their, you know, toying with the numbers that, uh, you know, Biden actually won. I mean, everybody's going to be looking at their neighbor going, did you vote for him? Did you vote for him? Everybody's going, I can't find anybody that voted for him. How in the world did CNN and Fox News tell us that Biden won? So I just don't think it's going to work this time. So that, and, and plus you've got other indications that they're doing what they can to anticipate that, such as the third party, a guy with a Kennedy, uh, and then, you know, uh, all this talk of, of a pandemic and other, you know, issues that could, could in their minds, give them a justifiable reason to, you know, cancel the election. Uh, if you can't win, you just take your toys and go home. Um, so, but my question is, and, and this is, you know, kind of an awkward question because, you know, people know that, you know, I'm not particularly fond of, of Trump. You know, obviously he's a million times better than the, the other guy, but, um, you know, there's some issues there. And since we do see them telegraphing a potential new scamdemic of some kind, um, let's say that Trump does get in somehow that, that, that we're able, even if it takes a, some kind of a Supreme Court ruling or who knows, let's say that by God's grace, you know, he is able to get in instead of Biden. What confidence do we have that he's not going to push another death shot that he's been pushing and continues to push to this day? I just I think there are a lot of people that would like to see Trump stand up and say, you know what? I was misled. I was deceived by Fauci and these others. It was wrong. I see now that it was I was you know played and 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 but I, I'm awake to it now. I'm hip to it. They'll never do it again. But you know, and it seems like that would be an easy thing for him to do because he's not a doctor. He's not a scientist. You know, he can hide behind, you know, his advisors if, in fact, that's what happened. And I think most people believe he just had bad counsel on that issue. But after the fact now, when so many people are, are boldly speaking out, as you said, you know, earlier in the program, I just wonder, there's a part of me that questions, you know, when you make that kind of mistake that leads to the deaths of millions of people, you know, you wonder, do you really get a second chance? Can we count on him in a crisis? Because whoever wins, there's going to be a crisis. This world's going to be in crisis. So give us your thoughts on that, if you will. Yeah, it's a very good question, JB. And of course, I share all of those concerns and I have some additional ones, right? Uh, uh, early on in his administration, uh, Republicans controlled both houses of Congress and somehow they still managed to find half a billion dollars to massacre unborn babies at Planned Parenthood. This would have been a no-brainer, right? Yeah. We have both houses of Congress. We got the White House. All right, first thing coming out is money to murder babies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you'd think that'd be pretty simple, but apparently it wasn't. Um, and, and I wonder, you know, his uh, embrace of the LGBT movement, I wonder if uh, that didn't uh, have something to do with God removing his hand of protection from him because, you know, he he overcame all odds. To, it was really amazing to see him become the president despite what he was facing. Uh, and then, you know, he he embraced the LGBT movement and things. And I, I wonder, you know, I, I don't know the mind of God necessarily, but I know that God doesn't approve of those things and he doesn't approve of leaders who embrace those things. And so, uh, you know, did that have something to do with it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I would say that as Christians, you know, there is this attitude that I see uh, fairly frequently in the church today that, you know, I, I'm holier than thou because I don't participate at all in politics. Um, you know, and, and if God has put that on your conscience, who am I to, to question that? But I believe that God has instructed us to be good stewards of what he has given us. Um, the, the, the heritage that we have as Americans is the legacy left to us, bequeathed to us by centuries of toil and blood and sweat and tears by godly men and women who who in many cases gave their lives to hand the, these systems, these values, this civilization to us. And for us to be the generation that just squanders it all and fritters it away because they want to be involved in politics, politics uh, I think that's very tragic. And so what I tell people when it comes to politics, you know, if Donald Trump's not your guy or if he is, um, you know, that, that actually... Uh, is should not be a determining factor in whether you're involved. Um, 
the presidency is one of the many offices on your ballot, right? If, if Donald Trump's not your guy, find somebody running for Congress, find somebody running for the U.S. Senate, find somebody running for the state legislature, the, the state house or the state Senate or the state assembly, depending on where you live. Uh, find a county commissioner that you like, find a, a sheriff candidate that you like uh, and get involved to help them. Uh, you know, to, to, to touch on this thing with uh, the, the COVID policies, uh, the whole United States, it seemed like, went totally bonkers. And yet here where I live, um, you know, we, we're very blessed to have a, a great mayor. Uh, we're, we're blessed to have a, a great city council. Uh, the, the chairman of our county commission is a, is a wonderful man of God. He's a farmer, homeschooled dad. And so while the whole world is losing its mind, uh, life here was actually pretty normal. Uh, you know, my life actually didn't change hardly at all, except that they told me to put a, a stupid diaper on my face when I got on airplanes. Uh, and so that makes a big difference. I mean, if you're concerned that Donald Trump may you know, try to force another death shot on us, that, that may or may not be uh, what happens. But, uh, you know, you still want to be involved and you still want to have a good relationship with your with your county commissioners. You still want to have a good relationship with your state officials so that if and when that they and, and Trump or Biden or, or Newsom doesn't matter. We know that uh, there's a real prospect that bad things will be coming down the pike if we can have lawful resistance to that at the city, at the county, at the state level. That's a much better place to be than having your state, county and city officials working in tandem with them to oppress you, to, to violate the rights of constituents yeah. in your community. So I, I think we all ought to be involved. Um, I, I, I do think there's um, a dangerous attitude uh, when it comes to certain political leaders that, where we almost treat them as like saviors. You know, our, our trust is in a political candidate. Now, the Bible says over and over again, don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in men. Keep your trust in the Lord. That's where our trust needs to be. Uh, you know, it's fine, I think, to, to uh, support a candidate, to vote for a candidate, to donate to a candidate. It's not fine to, you know, and we talked about this related to money earlier. It's not fine if your sense of hope and trust and security is in a political candidate or a government in institution that's where it crosses the line into becoming sinful so um yeah but but to your point yeah i i think donald trump was misled on some very important things uh there is of course always a risk that that could happen again Uh, i know a lot of the people who uh who are close to him uh people who are in his inner circle uh some of them are are faithful men of god um and that gives me some degree of confidence but Clearly, he made some big mistakes last time around, uh, and we could talk about those till the cows come home. I, I, I actually uh, spoke out many times. I was asked to write memos for the president, uh, trying to tell him to walk back from the edge of the cliff, and unfortunately, he didn't listen. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Ultimately, we know that God is sovereign. God will be in the election. God will be there after the election, and uh, we're not going to find our security in a president or a or a politician. Yeah. So just to, you know, affirm several of the things you said that number one, get involved. Absolutely. Especially in the local elections. That's where it really matters, because while Trump, uh, we hope would be better and, and I think we can fairly assume would be better than Biden or anyone on the left. Uh, either one, as you said, is subject to, you know, the some a certain level of control from the powers that be the deep state, whatever. But, uh, you know, in your local level, you can really you know, make a difference. And especially at the local level, it's harder for them to rig the election. Uh, So get involved. And absolutely, churches ought to be talking about this. You know, this fake notion that somehow politics and religion don't mix is just patently and provably false. You've done a lot of work showing, you know, some of the discussions early on in the founding of our country. The pulpits were the platform, really. And uh, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing unconstitutional about it, uh, contrary to popular opinion. So churches ought to be taking a stand, not necessarily you know, saying you, you, if you're a member of this church, you've got to vote for such and such a candidate, but making sure people are informed on the issues and, and which candidate shares more of a biblical worldview, leave it up to the individual to vote their conscience, but it's our job to inform. And I absolutely think we ought to be doing that. Now, you know, I think, you know, people, okay, one last question, because I know we're over time, but one last question, because I know you'll have your finger on the pulse of this. You know, the definition of of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? So in 2020, it was transparently obvious the mechanisms that they used to rig the electoral vote. Um, It seems to me nothing has changed. There was a big hubbub about it, but it seems like we're still using the digital vote tabulation machines, so forth and so on. Um, Do you, let's just, you know, let's assume it's Trump versus Biden. Can we count on a legitimate, you know, election where every vote counts this time or 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 not? Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. 
Um, you know, some states have undertaken some minor reforms, but a, a lot of the worst culprits in the 2020 election are still run by the same people. Yeah. Uh, you know, Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Atlanta. You know, they're right. The same people are still running the show there. And so, um, you know, again, our, our hope needs to be in Christ, not in elections. Uh, we should participate in elections. We should do what we can to improve the integrity of elections. Frankly, I, I like what Mike Lindell says, you know, melt down the machines and turn them into prison bars. <laughs> That'd be a very good start. Oh, we've got to get yeah, rid of these. things. I love but. that. Yeah. I mean, my, my, you know, people know I've, I've made a big deal about absolutely believing in voting. You should vote. We have a moral duty to vote, but I don't believe in pretend voting. And, right. But if I were arguing against myself, um, and, and by pretend voting, I mean, if you know for a fact that, that the system is rigged, why be played the fool and go through the motions? But here's how I would argue against myself on that. Given everything we've talked about and, and, and your insights on, on what is probably coming down the pike, by voting, even if we know it's rigged, it makes it harder for the left to rig things and overcome let's let's make them have to come up with a plan b or a plan c because you know if you know there's so, it would be such a overwhelming margin in in the vote so i mean i don't know obviously people have to do what they feel is best but you've given us some great food for thought all centered which is what i love about you on the word of god biblically based principles and uh, you're fighting the fight, my friend. You're 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 out there on the front lines and helping a lot of people with your stuff. So, uh, folks uh, can go to libertysentinel.org. Let me make sure I got it right this time. Yep, libertysentinel.org. And uh, you know, just uh, it's going to be an exciting year. No telling. I mean, either way, it seems like they're fomenting something. But our hope is in the Lord. Uh, I'll leave you with this verse. Uh, first, any any closing thoughts from you before I close out? Uh, well, I, I so appreciate your ministry, brother. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for speaking so clearly and articulating these points so clearly from a biblical perspective. It's really what the church and our country needs right now is biblical thinking on all these issues. It's not just about you know preferences and things. We're, we're talking about what does the Word of God mm -hmm. say? And so I appreciate you. I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. I look forward to seeing you uh, in Orlando pretty soon, yeah. if not before. And uh, yeah, anytime I can be of service, uh, please just holler at me again. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we'll do. And will your family be with you there by any chance or no? Uh, I'm hoping to bring them. Yeah, because we're within driving distance. So I may oh, well bring right. them with me. Yeah, well, my family, most of them are coming. Um, you know, some of them work for the ministry and others are just going to, you know, come along. So we'll, we'll have to interact and uh, look forward to that. So we'll close with this verse. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about perspective today and that we should not be fearful. We should not set our mind on uh, things, you know, uh, that are so uh, discouraging. Uh, be prepared, yes. Be aware, yes. Be informed, yes. But our hope is in the Lord. And I think Paul had that in mind when he was talking from his uh, house arrest uh, prison cell uh, here in Rome. And he wrote to the Colossians, since you were raised with Christ, in other words, since you're a believer, <laughs> you're part of the family of God. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And that's the throne in waiting, right? It's not the ultimate kingdom throne. He's going to come back and take that. But right now he's waiting for God to say, go get him. Uh, but he goes on to say, you know, you know, set, seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Doesn't mean ignore them. It just means where's your focus, and we are looking for a better day that's coming. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again, Alex, and uh, we will talk with you again next time. Remember to check out notbyworks.org. Uh, lots of great resources there. If you're interested in our premier subscription, uh, that gets you the video version of these podcasts. Uh, the audio is available to anyone, but if you're interested, it's a small monthly fee. You can check that out at our store, notbyworks.org slash store. But until next time, God bless you. We'll be in Plum Creek Chapel on Sunday, live streaming at 10, uh, 15 or so mountain time uh, Sunday morning. Uh, love to have you join us. God bless.